Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm a feminist, but a gay male friend messaged me yesterday saying his hotel was on fire and 30 firemen had turned up. And I replied, I replied, oh, a calendar of firemen. I believe that's the collective noun. I love it. I know full well that I, I, I've had emails on this show before. Is it and I'm a feminist but because you didn't say firefighter? Yes. I've, I've, I've had it. I've Especially had, I've, on an episode about bisexuality, you were crying out loud. I know. Well, this is the thing, is I've said before, oh, my God, my notes do this thing where they... They've gone in bold and all big. They Even start... I can read it from here now. I'm struggling not to. But it's, it, it's doing this thing where it writes everything I say. Oh, uh, yeah, mine does but, that. But I don't want it to. It's so incriminating. It's so incriminating. Especially when you're texting someone and then you, like, you're halfway through the message and then you start talking about them with whoever you're with IRL and it starts just like coming up in the message. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. And like, what it's written is, what time is it? Yes, I know. Is I've good night. Yeah. It's <laughs> not even what we were saying. I, when people worry that AI is going to take over the world, that's AI. It's absolute <laughs> shit. No, I mean, in five years' time, it obviously will, but at this point, it's got no chance. Um, what happened to my... I love family? that firefighter thing, though. Uh, I, um, my son got... Um, went and um, <laughs> um, He's joined a cult. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is a safe place to talk about pe- beavers. He's only, like, seven, is he? <laughs> it's, be- it's beavers, is the cult. And, um... Sorry, beavers... Oh, that's right, you told me this before. It's a bit yeah. like scouts. It but is it's called for younger children. It's I don't miniature think they should call scouts. it beaver. It's like calling it mingers. <laughs> Beavers. Well, they're very progressive now. It used to be a gentleman's club, beavers. And now any gender or religion of person is invited to beef. Um, <laughs> That's really on topic for this theme. Yeah. Um, and uh, they did a trip to uh, the local fire station. And um, for once, I was like, yes. I will volunteer to join. Oh, and you I volunteered to chaperone time. the beavers yeah. to the fire yeah. station. We were all genuinely allowed to hold a hose. <laughs> Is everything 
you're going to say tonight being going to yeah. be a great big pun? No. <laughs> Some of them will be tiny, tiny subtle puns. Um, oh, I know. Uh, no, yeah, it was so really great. I found I had a surprising number of questions for the firefighters. Yes. Yeah, my son had very much run out of steam, but I really was reluctant to let my one go. Were all the firefighters men or were there some uh, On shift that day, they were all men. Um, but, but we were had some ones. great chats about that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Well, I... I, <laughs> I, I might, maybe I'll do that. I was thinking, well, maybe I'll do that next. God, this is so off theme, sorry. But I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm not scared about running in the burning... I don't mind the burny stuff. Yeah. I'm not... <laughs> I think they um, call it I fire. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I'm a feminist, but 40, still calling it Bernie stuff. Um, uh, um, I, I don't want to prize people out of car crashes. So, um, I think that's most of what they do in London. Oh, my God, that's awful. Cats out of trees, humans out of cars. I not, I'm not good for it. No. I'd be crying on them, no. puking on them. They'd still be trapped. No. <laughs> <laughs> Useless. Okay, it might um. Yes, go on. Um, I'm, I'm a feminist, but even the most powerful, impressive and vital feminist voices on Instagram, if they invite, if they invite me to join their new channel, are dead to me. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm new channeled out. Everyone's got a new channel. Have they? I yeah, got a new get channel. out of my blimmin' eyeballs, new channels. What is and initially, what, what's I mean, a new channel? Like it's a, like a, a YouTube place where you can go and shush and listen to people's shouting... But is it a new platform? I say that's a comedian who really wants people to come and see my next tour. Um, <laughs> the irony. Um, it's a new bit of Instagram and oh, everybody's... Pi- no, oh, I do you know what I mean? I can't have any more bits. Oh, I don't want any I'm more bits. I'm bitter now. How? Everyone's running a television station and a newspaper oh, now. No. How do people have the bandwidth? <laughs> I just don't have the energy for it anymore. I mean, Zaynab's brilliant. She does my social media. And I know that I should make more videos and be like, hey, it's me. And every time I think of doing it, I just get, I just die a little inside and think, yeah. people don't need to see my face. There are enough faces. I mean, obviously, if you're running a television network, I want to be on that. <laughs> I just don't want to be every day making, running a television oh. network. Just point, if someone else does the makeup and points the camera at me, I'm into it. But to have to do all of that, you're, oh no. And I don't want to watch anyone else's things anymore either. I just <gasps> think you and I should go off and be hermits. Yeah. But like in New York. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. Um, I'm a feminist. Is it my turn? Or yeah. My turn? Okay. Um, I'm a feminist, but uh, when my friend messaged me about the fire, he was in New York, and I sent him pictures of Samantha from Sex and the City with firemen before I checked everyone was okay. <laughs> like, especially that picture of her with the fi- sort of no top and the fire, you know, the Lovely. sort of the braces just over her nipples. Amazing. I said, and then I went, oh, is everyone okay? And he went, I don't know. But he was really enjoying the content. So he equally... I think didn't. you're helping to stop him being too stressed out about a situation. And that's lovely, actually. He was standing outside and he said there were 30 firemen. He said men, not firefighters. He said wow, that. Now, I know we are meant to say firefighters. But uh, then he was sending me pictures and video and fire trucks, and eventually they threw them all out. They said, get away from the hotel. He said a fireman um, pushed him out of the way, and it was very erotic. Mm. <laughs> can just imagine it, can't you? Yeah, just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an exciting moment for yeah. anybody, I think. Also, if someone's like, 
there's a fire, um, there's loads of firemen. That is not the moment for you to be like, it's actually firefighters. <laughs> yes, no, indeed. As he watches <laughs> his possessions burn. <laughs> Sorry, it's fire, it's firefighter. Um, uh, no, 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 but I'll start here. Any, any firefighters in, give us a cheer. Anyone know a firefighter? You do. Well, do you I know do any... after the beavers trip, I know about nine of them. <laughs> Anyone know a female tomorrow. or a non-binary firefighter, give us a cheer. You do? Oh, well, we want to get them on the show because I want to hear more about it. I'm a feminist, but... Yeah. Are you getting them on now? Shall I do mine? No, do yours. Um, We're not here. I'm a feminist, but I recently walked into a formal setting and saw a man I don't know very well and immediately inquired about his penis. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, I actually what? did. So, um, there's a coach at my gym and um, I... <laughs> Is this oh, going to turn into a story of workplace harassment? Yeah, I hope not. I don't know. Um, and so he had posted a picture. He'd done a, a competition and he'd posted a really funny series of, he said, a story in pictures. And um, he was doing what's called a dumbbell snatch where you, picture, you pick a dumbbell up from the floor like that and then eventually it ends up over your head. And the first picture was him picking it up. The next picture of him was like that. And then the next picture, he'd crunched it into his own knickknacks, twig and berries. And his eyeballs in the picture were like, up in the back of his head and it was really funny. And it's, sorry, and it's called a snatch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he pushed he a snatch himself into right his in own the twig penis. and berries with it. Yeah, he'd really pulled it's a it's quite easy done with, with well, I don't know, but like uh, it, anyway, I can imagine. Anyway, he'd done that. It was really funny. I hadn't seen him since he posted that. I, I did respond to the post going ah ha ha ha. Uh, you know, kindly. So that's quite feminist. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but then, hadn't seen him for about five days. Uh, it was one of those days where you know you don't talk to anyone for like till two p.m. So actually, you haven't sort of dusted off the rust socially. <laughs> um, and I walked into the gym. There he was. And I went, "Oh, how's your dick and balls?" Oh my god! Before I'd even said hello. And what did he say? Yeah, they're fine. And then I. <laughs> I, you weren't I, the only one who'd asked. I, but then I was like, oh, I, I, I'm aware I probably... that that wasn't yeah, you crossed, socially OK. You crossed a social line there. Yeah. But look, I think in the gym world, you do a lot of this lifting, this heavy lifting mm. that you do. You do a lot of PE that you call it. Yeah. I think in, it in the context of that world, I think it's probably OK. Yeah. Because if he just went, yeah, yeah, fine, loads of people had come in and asked him. And loads, that... Stuff like that does happen. I don't mean super inappropriate, but you are just like a little bit more literal about your body where I do. Somebody the other day was correcting me, like on rowing, on a rowing machine, like on an erg machine for power. And they were like, you need to, don't, you're pulling it um, too, like, low. You need to pull it, you just meant to pull mm. the thing to your chest. They were like, pull it a bit higher. And um, someone said, yeah, pull it to your tits. And I was like, actually, I think I need to pull it to where they used to be. <laughs> we do have that sort of conversation quite often. Fun. Fun. Yep. Um, I'm a feminist, but the fireman incident was when I realised I'm less feminist when I hang out with gay men than I am with lesbians. Oh, that's good and on theme. Yes. How I... feminist are you when you hang out with bisexual people? That's the interesting one. Mm. So I think I'm the most feminist when I hang out with lesbians. Ooh. Because I feel I should be and I ought to be and they'll, they'll spot it and correct it if I'm not. Then, that's a lesbian laughing because she knows I'm right. Then, 
Probably, I think I am uh, probably then second most feminist with bisexual women, then straight women, mm. and finally gay men or bisexual men. That's amazing. Uh, I, but straight men, it's a tricky one, that, isn't it? Because then I think I have to be a model of feminism. But some things I might be thinking that, you know, like it's more then than I'm in a teaching role. Okay. <laughs> I think you're probably your most feminist with straight men unless they're firemen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm a feminist, but I went for a friend's 32nd birthday lunch recently and I found myself delighted that I was wearing the same cut of jeans as them all. They were as... all eight years younger than me and they all had the same jeans on as me. <laughs> Did you parade around in them? Did you, like, do some bending over? No, I just felt real great and young. Um, I hadn't been sure about wearing them and I was like, are these a bit midlife crisis -y? But I was like, no, today I'm fitting right in. <laughs> I understand no that. Yeah. I understand and heavily relate to that. Yeah. I, I do, yeah, I just think... I just I'm only interested in being a timeless matriarch. I'm not I'm not That's, interested If you're in, going to only be interested in one thing, that is a great cover yeah. all. I'm just for myself for my identity yeah. for myself. Yeah. I identify as a timeless matriarch. Great. I don't really intend to age. I just intend to be mysteriously aged, always relevant, <laughs> present, youthful in attitude and connections. Glorious. That is what I'm going for. And I think oh, so lovely. far I have knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I think that's how people see me. And if anyone doesn't see me that way, please don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in hearing anything except, so nice. yes, that is correct, Deborah. That is how we see you. Love it. Ever present, totally unique, but also you fit in wherever you are. A one-off and yet very much... Part of the furniture. Gorgeous. A one-off part of the furniture, like a console table in Fraser Crane's flat. That's... I love it. How oh, I'm seeing myself. Okay. I'm sure other people don't see me that way and I don't give a fuck. I need to lie to myself. I see you that way. Do you? Yeah. Thank you. She's probably lying, I don't care. No, no. I can't anymore. You can't lie anymore? No. Really? Yeah, I've lost all my social masking. What happened? I don't know what happened. The pandemic, I think. I was at a party recently and I was bored and a, and a lady was telling me about a card game she plays with her child. And she said, God, you look bored. <gasps> and what did you say? I said, I'm ever so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then just walked away. <laughs> And you just walked away. I'm ever I so sorry. Quite just walk away. I gave her a list of things I was feeling distracted by, which I don't think sated her, but it was true. I don't want to hear about a card game you play with your kid. No, no, never. I mean, it'd have to be so entertaining and yeah, or, or dangerous. I'm a feminist, but yeah. all my parent friends, I haven't got many, all my parent colleagues, all the people I see every day on the school run, <laughs> um, I just get taking the pressure off them with every different description of the same people. All the people I know with a child the same age as my son have all taught their kid the same card game, but I'm the only one who's taught him the real name for it, Shithead. <gasps> so I'm now in the awkward situation where my, my son will have a friend going like, do you want to play Poo Poo Head? Do you want to play Wee Wee Shuffle? And he'll be like, do you mean Shithead? He's eight. Oh, wow. I think 
I trust them with it. <laughs> Live from Soho Theatre in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest co-host Jessica Foster-Q and our very special guest, Mary O'Connell, talking about heteronormativity through the lens of bisexuality. Hello, hello, and welcome. Look, I seem so high up, and that's because there's a play on, I guess, and they've got this jazzy set, but that means that I'm, like, towering over you. Normally, it's raked seating, and so it's a lot more flattering angle for me. (laughs) Because I am aware, if you're in the front row, you currently have the view I have when I accidentally open my camera phone... (laughs) at the wrong moment go, oh god is that what I look like you have the chin angle so I need you to imagine that I am 25% more attractive than you think I am people sitting up there up the back I'm about 5% less attractive than you think I am you've got the flattering selfie high arm pose no one in this room is seeing me at my truthful self And that's show business, baby. That's middle. No, there's no middle ground here for you. Um, When I'm really successful, I'm only going to play West End theatres and none of the stalls will be sold. It would just be dress circle gods because those are the angles I'm interested in people seeing me from. Um, How about us doing feminism on a Friday night? right we're not like those fair weather feminists to you know do feminism monday to friday nine to five and then on friday night think fuck it let's go to the pub no we're still at it nine nine o'clock is it nine o'clock nine thirty nine fifteen what time is it nine forty that not twenty to ten and we did go up late but the play came down late apparently someone fainted or something something happened what happened we don't know um Nobody died, though, did they? Everything's okay? No one died. That's... That's... That sounds like the the best news they could give us. Is someone in intensive care? Are they okay? Just they're okay. There was a fainting. Yeah, they're okay. They're okay. They're okay. Okay. Um, So if everybody could stay upright for the duration of this show, uh, it's only an hour or so long. How long have we got? An hour or so? There's no one in after us, but also it gets to a point where people go, we've had enough feminism now, now we want to hit the pubs. Um, Just give us a cheer if you listen to The Guilty Feminist. Give us a cheer if you don't know what you're at. Yeah, there's always quite a few people at So Theatre who've come, and I've started to understand they've come because they think it's a play. Just give us a cheer if you you thought you were coming to a play called The Guilty Feminist. Yes. Um, I don't want to assume your gender. Are you, in fact, a man? Sorry? Are you a man? I don't want to assume your gender. Yes. You man? Yes. Um, so, um, uh, you, you alone thought it was a play. But have you come with people? Uh, yes. But they, didn't, they told you it was a play and not a feminist lecture. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that one-woman show in Friends that Chandler was made to go on to on his own? Poor Chandler. He died this week. I know, I know. But do you remember that? Just in honour of Chandler, I will, uh, I, will, I will reenact a bit of it. My first period! Um, the rest of you can leave. It's just me and him. What's, what's your name? Kevin. 
Gavin, Gavin, why, why did your friends not explain to you what this was? Uh, or were you not listening, Gavin? <laughs> Are your friends women, Gavin? And did you not listen when they told you what it was? <laughs> in which case, I understand why they brought you in the first place. You see where I'm going with this, Gavin? You need the show. Does Gavin need the show? Is that why you've brought him? Yes. Are any of you dating Gavin? You aren't dating Gavin. (laughs) Did you describe it to him as a play? I read the description quite late. You read the description quite late. Oh, so you thought it was a play. At the last minute realised it wasn't and thought, I'm not telling Gavin, he'll run. (laughs) He's run before, Gavin. He's run before and he'll run again. That's what's happened. I see. You didn't. You you did say it was a recording of a podcast. Yeah, he hasn't listened to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Gavin, welcome. It's not a play, um, but if anyone who thought it was a play would like me to do a small play, um, we don't have time right now. I have had to do that before when a significant number of people in the audience thought it was a play. I have had to improvise a short play, but tonight it's not. I'm not doing one just for you, Gavin. So, but if you'd like me to do one in the bar afterwards. I will, I'll I'll just, I'll read you a little bit of The Merry Wives of Windsor. Um, I'm not sure that was the most feminist play. Um, Were those wives merry? Of course they fucking weren't. It was Elizabethan times. They were fucking miserable. Um, All right, so if you don't know what it is, it's a podcast. Um, And if you don't know what a podcast is, it's radio that nobody stops you making, which is why women do it so often. We're banned from the normal channels. And uh, you'll, you'll see as it goes along. But we're recording a podcast tonight. So if you, if you do a laugh, you will hear it later when you're listening. On the, when you're later listening. Because, Gavin, you will be now listening to The Guilty Feminist. It would be weird if you didn't. We're friends. And we're going to bump into each other now again and again. I'll see you around and so forth. And I'll be like, Gavin, have you listened? And you'll be like, yeah. And I'll be able to tell by looking in your eyes that you're lying. And it's going to get super awkward, OK? So, Gavin, you are now a listener. In fact, get your phone out now and subscribe. Just like, do the, do the, you're not doing it, Gavin. This is a feminist show. It's a feminist show and a woman is telling, a woman in a position of authority with a microphone is telling you to do something and you're just not doing it. I don't understand. Yeah, no, he's doing it now. Thank you. Um, uh, All right, so tonight, what we decided to talk about was heteronormativity through the prism of bisexuality. And I am going to be quoting Foucault. That's as light as we get, Gavin. That's us on a light night. That's us on a light night, Gavin. Um, all right. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I have to do a little bit of stand-up, but I can't stand up again because we've got two stand-ups on tonight. Um, so I'm just going to do this little bit for you about bisexuality. Um, so I don't normally do this. I normally do a bit of a warm-up with the audience, but tonight I'm not doing that. Um, and I've warmed you up a bit, but I haven't really talked to you except for Gavin, and that'll have to do. I'm a feminist, but my, my crowd work was exclusively Gavin. <laughs> You're a feminist, but you've just edited out Gavin's girlfriend. Why would you erase her like that? I'm a feminist, but I have identified her as Gavin's girlfriend because I did not ask her name. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how she identifies. Gavin's girlfriend, what's your name? Mary. Mary. Okay. Also the name of our guest tonight. So you've already got something in common. Are you happy it's not a play now, Gavin? No, you'd like a play. (laughs) Actors don't talk to you. Okay. Um, The first time I ever went on a date uh, with a woman, 
is I was staying in uh, New Zealand on tour in a hotel um, with a singer who I often tour with called Grace Petrie. Yeah, she's fantastic. Now, Grace Petrie is a chartered lesbian and I was taking my very first steps. So I'd gone out and I'd met a woman in a social context and I thought maybe she was flirting with me and I really fancied her. So I came home and I said to Grace Petrie, I'm going to need your help. Was this flirting? Because, you know, with a man, I think I've got a good read on what flirting is. But with a woman, like in a same-sex situation, often women are very open and very warm and very friendly and very, you know, touchy and we hug each other and we tell each other everything we're wearing is wonderful anyway. So how do you know it's flirting, I asked Grace Petrie. She said, well, it's very difficult to tell. So I told her everything that had happened and she said, "Mm, I cannot diagnose that. Even even as one of the, the world's foremost chartered lesbians. And then this woman, we'll call her Rita, because that definitely wasn't her name, um, texted me a link to a horoscope app that she said would change my life. And Grace Petrie explained to me that that was basically the equivalent of a lesbian dick pic. (laughs) So... I texted her back, bit of back and forth, bit of back and forth, and I said, are you around this weekend to hang out? Because Grace Petrie is going to a Pride event out of town. And she said, and I'm staying here, and she said, why aren't you going to Pride with Grace Petrie? And I said, because you're here, and I was hoping to kiss you. <laughs> I know, I know. Thank you. That does deserve a round of applause. You're correct. <laughs> Because it was on WhatsApp and I thought she could always say lol. (laughs) Then I'd say lol, it'd be fine. Um, Honestly, the best way to ask anyone something difficult, WhatsApp, because you can't read tone on WhatsApp. If they don't say lol, you can say lol. Um, I thought, oh, fuck. She hasn't said anything. Then after a while I was thinking, I hope she does say lol. Uh, But in fact, I saw the little dots come up and she said, well, you're only human. I thought, that's a good response. That's a good response. And she said, why don't you come over to my place? I'll cook you dinner and we'll see how it goes. And it was at this point, I ran into Grace's room and said, Grace, Grace, I've got a date for tomorrow night. Grace was infuriated. She said, Deborah, tomorrow night is Valentine's Day. I am single and on tour and I don't have a date for Valentine's Day. I have been a professional lesbian since I came out of the womb. She said, you are a junior lesbian at best. You have barely preheated your oven. How dare you? And I said, Grace, we don't have time for these remonstrations. How does it work? Because I've asked her out, but she said she's cooking for me, but I'm going to her house, but she's a more experienced queer woman and this is my first outing do I take flowers like what's the code here like there's no social conditioning for lesbians there's no same-sex social conditioning. there's no norms who brings the boom box I don't know I don't understand I don't know how it works there needs to be more social conditioning for same-sex couples and I said do I bring flowers and Grace said Deborah you're a lesbian now you bring a suitcase 
if and if you want to hear more about what happened on this date, uh, then you have to come to my solo show. I don't know when I'm doing it again. Thank you so much. Are you ready to meet our wonderful co-pilot for this evening? She's one of your favourites and mine. It's the incredible, the one, the only, the Jessica Vosticue. Hello, darling. That's so funny. Oh. I really enjoyed that. Also, I hope you know I haven't made any promises not to talk about anything serious. <laughs> Might not be able when to help myself. When was the last time that you talked about something serious, Jess Vosticue? When I forced you to? Uh, yeah, on the when show. did we last do a Guilty Feminist? <laughs> no. no, we usually do a gear change when the guest comes out. Yeah. And then we break that gear change with a well-timed joke. Like these driving metaphors. <laughs> Can you <laughs> even drive? You can Can I drive? Yeah, you drive. Yeah, I drive. Yeah, I drive. Not very much anymore, to be honest, because I live in London. I I think the last time you drove was the last time I spoke about one of the most serious topics. Yeah, (laughs) honestly, the last time I drove seriously... Yeah. I like the idea that... Yeah, sorry. Not not just pootling around, you know, a beach town or something. The last time I... I drove a bunch of people to Latitude on a motorway and nearly oh. killed everyone. I thought you were saying on a motorbike. But motorway, yeah, motorway, yeah, motorway. Great. Yeah, it wasn't good. To there. To the, to the, it was so bad. We had to stop yeah. at a motorway service station mm. and ring up the insurance company and get one of the other people in the car put on the insurance. Cause oh, no. It wasn't just that I wasn't willing to drive any further. It was that my passengers were not willing to be driven any further by me. Oh, that's, crumbs. That's, that's where we're at. Well, we... Lovely. That could have been an I'm a feminist butt for you. Yeah, uh, it yeah. could have been. I mean, I'm sure at some point it has been. I've been doing this show for seven and a half years. <laughs> um, this is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White. With me is Jessica Foster-Q and we're talking about heteronormativity through the lens of bisexuality. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I mean, really, we're talking about how to be bi and feminist. Yeah. And the feminism within bisexuality, the ways not to be feminist with bisexuality. We're just we're going to have a general all-round chat about being... Just big, found a new spot. Yeah, big, strong bi girls. What? Sorry. I about, think what, the G-spot. Um, I just found a new spot. I thought you the said G-spot. the G-spot. No, quite the opposite of anything. I thought, it's sad. I must find out what Foucault um, said about the G-spot. Yes. Um... um yeah, yeah, I agree. How to be bisexual and be feminist. Yeah. Um, I think one good starting point is um, being part of a generation who stopped shouting, which one's the man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. good start. I, I, there's a, Hannah, Gats- Hannah Gatsby has a joke. Neither of us are the man, that's the point. <laughs> she says, men can't imagine a relationship without a man in it the way they can't imagine a living room without a television in it. <laughs> She's got that one covered. Are you ready for some stand-up comedy? <laughs> then please welcome to the stage the incredible Jessica Foster Girl. Oh, lovely stuff. Thank you for having me. Um, right, well, this is actually a little bit thrilling. Um, I am about to do the most controversial bit of comedy, it turns out, that I've ever done. I'm just going to tangle it. Um, I, I ju- you're not going to... This is... Right, I've been doing stand-up for 15 years, and I've here it is, and I'm doing it for you. I'm going to do, genuinely, the most 
comedy based on the most edgy opinion that I have ever expressed. It is coming up now. I hope you're feeling ready. Bear in mind I've expressed opinions on in my comedy on my trans allyship, queer marriage, um, ceasefires nows. Um, and this, right now, it turns out, is to the bravest and most endangering and divisive opinion I've ever expressed on stage. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, I am in favour of... Clean air. <laughs> I think you, Les, is good. There you go, I said it. <laughs> I don't think it was well prepared for, but I think it is a very much necessary annoyance. <gasps> uh, anyone that came here to watch a play is part of the group of people who are livid now. <laughs> so I live in Lewisham in South East London, where a little while ago a nine-year-old called Ella Adu Kissy Deborah was um, given her... She died her reason for death for the first time ever in London was given us because of how polluted the air was there. Where I live, that's where I'm bringing up my son... Um, and then uh, they brought in Ulez. Obviously, I was delighted. And then they expanded it. And I was like, why is no one, why is no one else being loudly pleased about this? I love it that Sadiq Khan has done this. We are at a point now where um, I think the climate crisis, there, there's only so much we can do as individuals. Like, surely at some point we're going to have to demand that governments do things on our behalf that have wider, broader impacts. And yeah, it is going to cause some discomfort. Um, if you don't know what Ulez is, it's a law that means that you get fined if you're driving in a Ulez charged zone um, with a car that, to be fair, has to be pretty ancient to not pass a ULEZ standard. Um, it essentially, to not pass it, needs to be older than you and pretty much run on the blood of bees. And people hate it. Uh, and when they expanded it, R Rishi, Rishi Sunak had the audacity to pipe up and say, well, I, I don't think uh, we're, uh, we're, 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 they'd be prepared for it. Actually, I don't think... Whose job was that, Rishi? <laughs> was it yours, Rishi? Was that your job, Rishi? Could you potentially have given people financial incentives to get a cleaner car? Could you have helped the people with vans that can't afford a cleaner car, Rishi? Could you? Instead of spending the money on building roads, if you gave a single solitary fuck, could you? And was it your job to, in fact, get people ready for that before it came in? Yes, it was, you monster cunt. Instead, you weighed in at the last minute and say we're not ready for it. That's not on. And the same way it's not on for me to not give my kid any breakfast and put zero clothes on him, drag him into school naked and go, oh, no! <laughs> Someone tell the head! This appears he isn't ready. <laughs> it's genuinely blown my... It's blown my mind that there is a backlash and it is massive against you, Les. It is absolutely extraordinary that people went... Uh, <laughs> massive massive group of gammon went and protested on ULES expansion today you, do, on, on the day it was expanded ULES, ILES um, they went and stood outside parliament, what are they arguing what does it say on their placards and on their pickets I do like these snowflake millennial avocado babies they're pigs wanting to breathe in and out greedy when I was a child, a bit of asthma never did me any harm. When I was a baby, the air was made out of nails and crabs and real men. <laughs> if I want to drive my orca into central London, that is my human right. 
I can't believe that the people have taken time out of their energy and day and in made room in their hearts to effectively and simply protest against clean air. I did a reel on Instagram that said something to this effect. And for the first time in my career, and I have done comedy about all sorts of like pretty contentious things, it went nuts. It got like picked up and I had no idea that green agendas generally have been picked up as one of the things that the new alt-right hate. I hadn't realised that. Uh, I hadn't realised that there's a term of war on motorists. There's this, and, and I got messages, the most bizarre messages I got called, well, my favourite one was someone saying, well, we, I might have time to make a placard, but you made time to call me gammon head. <laughs> I didn't go head, I didn't say head. I didn't, I didn't say head. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say head. <laughs> but I wish I had. Gammon head. Hello, Gammon head. Gonna get a t-shirt that says Gammon head. Um, they call me brainwashed, crank, blade runner, mentally ill, woke. A lot of them calling me woke. Nutter. A few of deleted messages now called me a wanker, a cunt, an elite bitch. <laughs> elite bitch. Mm, better, than being a, better than being an average bitch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they hate the elite, right? They fucking... This is so bizarre, and I'm going to find it my absolute favourite message. These are the people getting angry about this stuff. I got one comment. It is two pages long from an account called, brilliantly, called My First Boots. <laughs> it's genuinely a business account um, of somebody in Bristol who makes toddlers' first football boots. Britain's <laughs> uh, <laughs> smallest sizes! <laughs> um, spread the joy this Christmas feed the spark that gets scary when you read what he's posting about you Les um, okay I don't know if we've got time to read out all of this it starts with green policies are only affecting the poor oh god and then it starts talking about Ukraine same with the housing crisis okay don't, I don't understand any of it it's, uh, we've also got pure idiots pushing a water tech wheel but 60 foot in the air and hoping the wind will push it what is he talking about um, <laughs> look at COVID doesn't believe in that at all there's a little bit about chemtrails there's genuinely something here about human footprints and Ukraine um, and then it ends with this we will never learn and soon it will be time for the violent people to step up and fight back words will be lost as the pen is destroyed by the sword anyway if anybody does want any particularly small boots <laughs> <laughs> my first boots <laughs> oh, fantastic um, uh, amazingly that is the end of that bit um, Jessica Volsico everybody yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Jessica Regan here. And I think it's high time we announced some Guilty Feminist Big Speeches Winter Workshops. If you, like the majority of the population, have a fear of public speaking, or if you quite enjoy it actually, but you'd like to level up your skills, perhaps you know someone who could benefit from this training and this would make a great Christmas present, or maybe you're just curious and would like to give it a go. If you are any of these things, then please go to guiltyfeminist.com forward slash big speeches to secure a place now on one of our winter workshops. They are taking place on December 11th at 11am, January the 14th at 3pm, January 28th at 11am and our last one will be February 11th at 3pm. Book now to avoid disappointment, our prices have never been lower. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah with a few quick announcements. We are back at King's Place in London with new live shows. On the 15th of January, our guests are Dr. Kirsty Sedgman, whose new book on being unreasonable is a fascinating look at competing value systems. And as well as that, we've got one of my favourite comedians, Olga Koch, and the co-host is Jessica Foster-Q. Then on the 19th of February, we have the host of Academic Imperfectionist podcast, Rebecca Roche, and the hilarious Eleanor Conway with the amazing Sakisa as my co-host. For more information and to book tickets, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. I will also be coming to Australia and New Zealand in May. Those tickets will be available very soon, so keep an eye on the website. If you want an ad-free version of the show, you can get that from Patreon, Acast Plus or Apple. And if you want to help us out, leave your five-star review wherever you get your podcasts or just tell someone you know that they should listen to The Guilty Feminist with your face or on a WhatsApp group. Who knows? Speaking of which, back to the podcast. Our guest today is a comedian and writer who has recently completed a creator residency at Baby Cow Productions and has written for the Emily Attack Show on ITV2 and the Now Show on Radio 4. She can also be seen on the OnlyFans Comedy Creative Fun Show on OFTV. Please welcome to the stage and to the mic, the incredible Mary O'Connell. Hello. How are we doing? Are we all right? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay. So I am a bisexual comedian. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bisexual female comedian. Big deal. <laughs> and my track record of dating is, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit of an insecure bisexual because my track record of dating has been predominantly men. And uh, I know that objectively it is the worst choice. Like, <laughs> like out of all the options, it is the worst one. Like objectively, like, I know that that is a fact, it is the worst option. And I think my track record has been men because you have to be nicer to women. 
because they'll notice. <laughs> and you could slowly poison a man. <laughs> and he wouldn't realize until it was too late. <laughs> Do you know how many men I'm slowly poisoning right now? Four. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm only poisoning one man, and that is my boyfriend. <laughs> and because we're exclusive, I'm not allowed to go on dating apps anymore, which is... Yeah, I know, it's really annoying. Because I love scrolling through. It's just like online shopping. It's fun. <laughs> But like, okay, give me a cheer if you use dating apps. Okay, there's some lies in here because there's more of you than that. <laughs> but I don't mind dating apps, but a lot of my friends get upset over dating apps. They get upset when they get ghosted. And I'm like, why do you care that you've been ghosted? Why do you care that a stranger's rejected you? Because it's not even a proper rejection because they haven't met you to reject you. Like, I'm sure if they met you, they could think of several reasons to reject you over. <laughs> but why do you care that you've been ghosted? For all you know, that person could have died. No one would tell you. No one would tell you, hinge match number 47. You're not going to know. That person could be an actual ghost. Everyone who's ghosted me is dead. I'm sure of it. I'm 100% certain. Something you guys need to know about me is that I never really take anything personally, even when I probably should. Someone could say to me, hey, Mary... I really don't like it how you specifically sing in the shower and leave your dirty plates by the sink. And I'll just be like, is this racism? <laughs> Sounds like racism to me. Or sexism, one of the two. And they're like, Mary, I'm your mum, I'm black, clean up your ship. I'm not a good daughter, I'm really not. I'm not a very good person and I'm not trying to improve. Uh, I think things are fine the way they are. And I have a lot of vices. I'm very interested in financial crime. That's one of my... It's one of my favourite hobbies. I'm a big fan of, of fraudsters and con artists. Um, yeah, right? Like, it's just, it's very, it's very now. It's very fresh. Like, it's just like of our age. I think financial criminals... Maybe, like, we need a new Robin Hood. I don't know. Um, but does anyone have, like, a favourite financial... Like, does anyone have a favourite con artist? Like, any ben Bernie Madoffs? Any classics? Elizabeth Holmes? Oh, FTX. Yeah, I lost money in that. I did. <laughs> that one, that's a joke for... That's, you know, that's not, for, that's not for everyone here. I'm a little bit of a crypto bro, but that's the... We don't need to... But we can maybe cut that out from the podcast. <laughs> so I'm not proud of it, but yeah, I lost money in that. Um, I do know the Crypto Queen. That is a very good podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. So my favorite, <laughs> my favorite uh, con artist is Anna Delvey. Right. So if you don't know who she is, she's someone who conned her way into New York's elite society for just sheer confidence, right? She just like walked into these rooms and decided that she was meant to be there. And it, it, she really like, she fooled institutions. She was going to get a, a business loan from a, from a bank to start up her own private members club. And she's someone who like wasn't particularly charming, wasn't like super beautiful. The accent she, the accent she chose to go with was abrasive, you know, like that was... That was her, but she fooled all these people. So I think it shows that, like, the stuff we hold dear, like class and wealth and status, is not real. Like, it's not real because she tricked them. So I think it's beautiful. I think it's performance art, but she's a criminal. Like, that's... <laughs> 
And so if you listen to the Inventing Anna podcast, it's really interesting. And they interview one of her friends and he's saying, yeah, Anna, she used to dress nice and everything. But whenever we'd go out for breakfast, she'd always order her scrambled eggs. Well done. So I could tell she wasn't from high birth. (laughs) Can you imagine that the way you have your eggs is an indicator of class? Because that's how I like my eggs. (laughs) And when I've done this joke around, like people have said, like, like, I've done this joke to some posh girls and they're like, what's well done eggs? We call them firm. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know they were called firm. <laughs> but I know that I like mine properly cooked. And so Anna Delvey was going to start her own private members club because she, li- she didn't like Soho House. Does everyone know what Soho House is? Yeah. If you don't know, it's, it's a private members club where membership to it can cost like two grand a year. And uh, it's... It's just like an all bar one, but the people are worse. (laughs) And everyone there works in media. Uh, And it's one of those spaces that I've never felt like high status and fancy enough to be in there. But I have to be in there for work quite a lot. But one of my life's goals is to be high status and fancy in there, making someone else feel uncomfortable. Like, that's one of my life's goals. (laughs) So I was chatting to a friend and she said, do you know what would be good? Like a Soho house, but for the hood. So it's like a podcast studio, networking events, and CV workshops. It's just a really cool collective space. And I said, you have just described a community (laughs) centre. Something we should be entitled to as a society. (laughs) But your mind went so her house first. That's a problem, right? (laughs) That is a problem. That's like, you know, like I'm warped by capitalism. um, And so is she. Uh, Because when she first said it, I was like, actually... So her house in Tottenham, I think that's an amazing idea. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna join, <laughs> to join the crew now. <laughs> Thanks. Mary O'Connell, everybody. Welcome. Come take a seat. Lovely comedies. Hello. Yeah, that was great. Oh, thank you. Um, really looking forward to seeing your solo show. When's it on? I don't know. Um, I, but it will be it, here. It, it will be here, hopefully. Um, no, it will be here in, in 2024 at some point. We haven't figured out the dates, but I'm going on holiday in January, so it won't be then. <laughs> Wait, get him. Um, or is that is, is um, that as rude as Tenerife. asking for his confession? Oh, yeah, lovely. I haven't booked it yet. <laughs> I feel like That's I have a, a, a brand. Um, but yeah, I'm booking it on Sunday. Okay, good to yeah. know. Sorry. <laughs> That is the worst plug for a show I've ever heard. It's like, to be honest, I'll most be on holidays next year, but if I'm here, I definitely will be. Um, But listen, we'll... I really like it. Sign up up to the Soho Theatre mailing list and remember the name Mary O'Connell. A holiday in Tenerife, booking it on Sunday. (laughs) Anyway, after Sunday. Listen, if you are interested in getting to know Mary better, book a holiday in Tenerife in January. Yeah, I'll be there. We're not sure of the dates. There's polished previews there. Hang hang out by the pool. I might go well watching. Oh, okay. These are good things to know as well. I swear to God, like, probably, if you're anything like me, you go on holidays to get away from other comedians, right? And other reasons. Yeah. um, You go on holidays to get away from me. This is new. I went to Tenerife and there was another comedian on my holiday. (gasps) We pretended we hadn't seen each other (laughs) until the last (laughs) day when we were stood next to each other at the same bar. We both went, hello. (laughs) (laughs) 
awkward. Just on a solid week of, like, really obvious ghosting. Um, okay, I did my research on bisexuality uh, or heteronormativity through a bisexual lens Um, because I knew we were all bisexual women and Mary was doing some stand-up on bisexuality. And so I thought this was a really interesting thing for us to talk about. Um, And because the whole world, I realised when I started dating women, the whole world is lined up for the things you do if you are in a male female relationship or like mating rituals for women to approach men or men to approach women yeah and one thing hannah gadsby told me when i first um started to be interested in this and i opened my marriage to explore it she said to me um most same-sex relationships between women fail at the first hurdle because no one makes the first move because women have not been socially conditioned Mm. to make the first move like all the movies we've seen if a man is holding up a boombox in front of a woman's house, it's the end of a romantic comedy. If a woman is holding up a boombox in front of a man's house, it's the beginning of a thriller. Yeah. There are We don't really have, like, women are not coded to make the first move. Yeah. And so how have you found it? Is it good because you have to make your own rules and make your own plays and make your own... Or is it difficult because no one's role modeled it for you i thought you'd say how have any of us managed it <laughs> i think by doing things like saying because you're here and i was hoping for a kiss i mean yeah but that was very brave i would never yeah. say that to a man wouldn't you no oh, oh god i would no because being rich this is this they're is, capable they're also capable of writing lol <laughs> but it's a really interesting one that is i've never realized this before until you just said it to me mm. and i went no i wouldn't I would not want to be rejected by a man, but I wouldn't mind being rejected by a woman. <gasps> Fascinating. We, like, we've been conditioned to reject men. And so... Yeah. And, we, like, women know how to reject better. And mm-hmm. so it's okay being rejected by women because it's like, oh, we reject people all the time. We know mm-hmm. what it's like. But it's... Well, women have a higher standard. I have standard. a more sexist yeah. confession, I think, than yours. yes. I find it harder to reject a woman in case I upset her. Oh, yes, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> yes. How would you... Because t- like, I think if a bloke tries it on and you're not interested, you'd be like, get, uh, <laughs> get off, get off, get off, you fucking creep. But you wouldn't. You just that wouldn't talk like that feel, to a woman. That makes just me feel like, oh, God, sorry. I'm so sorry, but no, thank you very much. I'm so sorry, actually. And then sort of make something up. I will say, though, that oh, having to ask a woman out, it gives you a whole new empathy for straight men, I think. Yeah. Clearly didn't give you one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mary? Yeah, I think it is still like it comes down to how we've been conditioned because if you, like, the fact that you don't care about rejecting man that's because we've been conditioned to think that like men's feelings aren't as important that women's feelings like it's more of like the emotional Mm. stuff and so whenever um i think rejecting a woman is going to be a lot more tender it's going to be like um it's like oh really enjoyed um this time i'm not quite feeling it have a fun summer and maybe like you just ghost a guy like you don't um, you don't need to reply. Oh, man, I've done some really bad rejections. Oh, wow. Oh, I you... just remembered an absolute shocker. <laughs> Go on. And it was a lesson learned. Go on. I, had been, I was at university and I'd been 
seeing this guy and I I just wasn't into it. No deep feels, no feels, no feels. Um, but we'd had a couple of weeks for me to work that out and then I'd gone off for Easter, I think, for like a month, not around, and then came back, in my mind, like it was done. We'd barely spoken, it was over, but I was going to have a conversation with him, met up with him. By this point, I'd been away for a month, hadn't done any washing I'd had to throw on literally the only top that was in my <laughs> the only top that was in my drawer, and um, it was pink vest that someone had bought me for a joke that said in massive writing across the front, "Dirty bird." <laughs> um, so I quickly put a jumper on top of that. Met up with him in a cafe Nero. It was so hot in there, and I was sweating and sweating <laughs> so much. And unfortunately, he had thought we were about to take it to the next level, and he wasn't like ready for me to be like, "I think we should just be mates." And he got really upset and like he was crying and he was like, why, well, why are you in so many clothes? <laughs> I sort of had to sort of peel it off and then sit there in a sort of sweat-soaked top said oh, dirty God. bird, having just rejected guy as if oh. it was all part of some cruel prank. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I am not proud of the fact that I wouldn't take, as historically, I don't think I'd have taken a guy's emotions in such a considered way. And it's patronising to assume that a woman can't take a rejection. It's, um, the whole thing's fucking ridiculous. It's we should be treating, we shouldn't, there shouldn't be any difference in how we behave. I think we should be kind to everybody. Yeah. I really do. I think, I worry when we go, oh, it's only a guy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Men are human beings and they can get their feelings hurt. Come on now, feminists. No, Gavin's totally. here. Don't scare him away. He's come in good faith to see a play which he hasn't seen. Oh, and I he's just getting think, a play, all right. I feel like, I feel strongly about this, that if the, the one thing that I think you always have to think if you're on dating apps is the way, you, when you treat men badly you throw them back into the dating pool feeling like women don't care about them or women are going to be, you know, not care about their feelings or going to be... And then you send them off to other women. So I Just think treating... Just a little bit more. Yeah, it's yeah. recycling. Yeah. It's, it yeah, mean, and yeah. it's you putting... Yeah. And so for me, I think... The least we can do is upcycle. <laughs> you have to upcycle because they're not in a vacuum. They don't cease to exist. And you, you you send them out to someone else and they're a bit more brittle and a little bit more... You know, I, I just think, listen, if you're a decent person, you're a decent person and you're not going to be unkind to other people because someone was unkind to you. But I do think we owe it to the dating pool of all genders to be kind and to be respectful and to... to I'm, I'm turning it to Jesus and to do unto others... <laughs> As to tinder unto others as you would have them tinder unto you. I feel Very that's important. Nice. Makes sense. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Hinge unto others, others as, as you, you would have, have them, them hinge unto yeah. you. Unto you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think you. I think it's really, really important. But it's interesting. You're right, Mary. I would less likely if you, after the show, said, "Oh, do you want to go out on a date?" Mm. I would never say in a million years, <laughs> no. I would obviously go out with you and be going to a... how long? A, be in a, <laughs> I would marry you if necessary rather than reject you. I, I'd marry if, you if necessary. You should start, you should start buying a new hat, you. I think. Yeah. 
Oh. No, but I, I, I wouldn't just say I'm not interested. I'd say I'm not in that place. I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah. You know, really I would that would be it. like a really queer thing to do. I think it's be like, oh, it's no. But have you got half an hour? Because uh, here's why. It's here's why. And it's it is like here's all yeah, the reasons uh, I'm not uh, interested in your child's card game. <laughs> Um, and by child's card game I do of course mean vagina Um, so this is this is something I I thought was interesting that I thought I'd throw in so this was an article by uh, hold on I've just spotted the words gender fascists yes Um, buckle up (laughs) Um, so this is about the origins of the bisexual movement by somebody called Sheila Jeffries And she says the origins of the bisexual movement lie in the male-dominated sexual freedom movement in California in the 1970s. These male sexual freedom bisexuals adopted a bisexual identity which distinguishes them from those very numerous men in heterosexual relationships who engage in sexual behaviour with men on the side but do not adopt a bisexual identity. And so apparently the movement for bisexuality was to say, I make this part of my identity not just something I do yeah. in a loo, around a corner, in a hotel room, in a, you know... As part of being just, a closeted gay man who... Or closeted bisexual. Or closeted bisexual who, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of out of... And it's, it was interesting to me that it seems like men invented bisexuality, which I find annoying. Because mm. <laughs> women I, perfected it. <laughs> <laughs> as is so often the way in the world. But, I mean, I don't know. Tulila Bankhead in the 20s said that she was ambisextrous um, because they hadn't invented the word bisexual. Mm, yeah. And as far also, as I... this is just the first people to write about their own movement. This doesn't mean that men... No, shit. of course they were bisexual people, but in terms of the identity piece yeah. and the politics of it, yeah. as opposed to... But I think a lot of women in the 20s had a very strong, although they wouldn't have said the word bisexual, bisexual identity. Mm. Um, how much is it part of your feminism that your identity is bisexuality and that you're out and proud about it, Mary? I think it's hard to say um, because I, I identify as like a queer person and I mm. feel like those are the communities that I identify with. Those are the uh, the people that I surround myself with the most but I'm also like a queer person of color like it's it's kind of hard to to look at it through just one lens Mm. and I I have my like I have my straight friends but they can't be like my only group um and so maybe if I'm having a chat with like a straight friend I need to balance it out with a with a chat with someone else so I don't have too much of each. I don't know. Really? Um, no, do you, I like do you consciously move away from queer circles into straight circles and then it's straight back into queer circles again? I think it's just how my friendship group has, has been planned out. It's not super conscious, but I feel like sometimes, I think as a bisexual, sometimes you have to make more of an active effort to be in the community because you're, mm. you might be in like a straight presenting, like you, when you're in a sort of hetero, like, you know, like if, if I was with a man, then I'm kind of straight presenting, like in terms of yeah. like just what is going on in my life then. And so I make more of an effort to like embed myself in the queer community because I'm like, well, I'm not like in a presenting queer relationship, but I'm still, this is still my community. Mm. Um, 
So if you're in a heterosexual relationship yeah. and you are bisexual and you identify as queer, how much do you think that the heterosexuality or the heteronormativity of your life impedes on your ability to identify as queer or feel your queerness or 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 join into pride or all those kinds of things? I feel like I've I've felt insecure about it, but then it's not just about who you're with. I think mm. it's is there's more to the identity than that. There's like um I had a filthy thought. Oh, did you? What? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> I think it I thought <laughs> This is, I can't even about to say this in public, uh-huh. let alone on. on a podcast that's being recorded. But I think it's not just about who you're with, but it's also about who you wank about. <laughs> <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. <laughs> um, I think that fluctuates as well. Like, I think that's funny. I don't think it's like this... Um, it's not even a spectrum, is it? It's like this weird wishy-washy, ever-changing pond. There are times oh. where I feel gayer than others. There are times where yeah. I feel queerer than others. There's times where real straight moments. There's times where you're like, this is, this, yeah. that sort of, I don't know, there's like a, I've got real straight energy today. Do you, <laughs> Do you have those days? I have those days. And then I've got days where I'm like, oh no, I think, I'm almost yeah. full les today. Which is why like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And like self-expression yep. is so important in those, so. like, in those days. So like, there are times when I'm like, I'm doing something really fun with my eyeliner. I think that's pretty bisexual. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like I like to like play around a lot with like aesthetics. And I think that's, that's quite a big part of, um, of things now, definitely. Yeah. Like, uh, um, and just being um, in a community of people where I, I, I play basketball, which is bisexual basketball. Uh, um, and we're not like, we're not like super, we're not very good. Um, but like but the vibes are good <laughs> and so there's not loads of like pressure to be like well one of the like classic like throws of shade that you get as a bisexual is pick a team which actually if you are going to play a team sport you must <laughs> um, I was reading about the idea of bitopia um, which is um, is word. a sort of riff on Foucault's idea of heterotopia right. um, which is really more about institutions and power and control and knowledge. Mm. Um, And the idea of bitopia is a world in the future where, well, a a sort of ideal utopia where older bisexual people can have access to sex with people of uh, two or more genders as they age. And I thought that's a really interesting idea because as you get older, if you have a partner your opportunity for sex well, will dwindle if you're married. But if you're, <laughs> you know, it, your yeah. intimacy, romance, you yeah. know, all of that is still there. But how do you maintain your bisexuality? Mm. I mean, you've just said through masturbation. Or like, I don't know, fantasy. It doesn't need to even... I thought about that and I thought, I've never really thought before until I read about Bitopia today mm. about the idea that if you've got an elderly population and they fancy two or more genders, how do they, you know, I suppose it all goes on in old person's homes. I've heard it does. Yeah. And yeah, they have orgies. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and there's more, um, like, um, elderly people um, have been contracting, like, more um, STDs because mm. um, they don't really care. Like, they're not going to get pregnant. And, like, there's just this sort of, like, like, flippance towards it because they're just, like, the elder generation. So, like, there's, like, quite a lot of, 
Uh, um, I've um, never heard of yeah, in, or in, she in, in an old person's home, but I'm yeah, happy to hear my, about it now. My I'm granddad Google had it. to be, <laughs> I can't remember, but I can't remember the details, but basically him and a lady, <laughs> him and a lady had to regularly be separated. <laughs> but, 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 but not because of like, well, because there were memory issues. And actually, if you are, if you are quite far down the line in terms of dementia, you might suddenly have a moment of lucidity when you're in the middle of banging your fucking lady in the room next door. And like, you're going to be, but, but one or either of you could be like, what the fuck? What? what? I've just remembered who I am. Who the fuck are you? You're not my husband, Derek. Like, so there's a duty. So of there's care. consent issues yes, with consent dementia. Issues, exactly. God, I hadn't thought of that. But I mean, the willing is the where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm not sure it's right for to separate grown-ups if they're old people who are, you know, on in the last. I don't know. I don't know what the ethics of that are. But I feel like if people have got a sex drive and they're finding each other, who are we to I say? I just remembered what happened once. Oh no! Okay. She, um, they were they had also stopped giving them sherry because it was all, always after sherry. <laughs> and then, um, um, they found that um, he was looking—he was looking ever so smug, and she'd gone off. And they were like, "Why is he looking so smug?" And then um, he, she slipped him a note, right? But because of the dementia, he'd forgotten about the note, and he'd gone—he'd gone to the window. They opened the note, and it said, "Meet me in thirty minutes in room number nine. And oh, they were no. like, "Oh my god! Look, she was making an." arrangement but he never got the no and they were all laughing and they were like oh it's not that funny and the woman that um, was like running the nursing home was like it is because she's in room number 11 (laughs) 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 oh i'm not sure i want to get that old i (laughs) i complicated isn't it yeah i don't i don't know that there's gonna be a bitopia for me yes and i don't know i feel like i don't feel in a position to have an opinion on what to do about elderly people who realize they're bisexual and want to access that suddenly at some point like it's a that's that's flipping complicated really aren't we about you know i don't know i feel like i feel like we're here for a short time Mm. and it's just an urge, isn't it? It's just yeah. an impulse. And, it, and whatever age you are, if there is consent, fill your boots. <laughs> yeah, I is think so. Is that a nice so. motto? I think so. Um, is it, do you f- just... No, absolutely. Do you feel more, more feminist the more queer you feel? And the more heteronormative you feel, do you feel less feminist? I think personally, um, because I'm kind of like, Oh well, like I'm queer. I don't have to be like that feminine. Like you know, like I'm like I'm doing other stuff. You know, like um, I'm like I'm like I'm a woman of color. It's actually like amazing that I'm just here. So I don't. <laughs> so you feel your identity to... is the job done? I don't work that hard um, on your feminism. You mean? Yeah. Yes, I understand. Um, because of my identity, I yes. guess. So you think? Look, I'm here. I'm queer. I don't need a sign. I don't, yeah. I don't need to go to the march. I'm here. I'm queer. I'm just being like, be living in the my world. Existence is my existence is progression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm mixed race. It literally is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's something to be said for that. That it's not always the people who have the most marginalized identities that have to be out there doing the work. Um, but I don't think that's right. I will say, um, and I wouldn't encourage this. Mary's been happy to do her confession. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, we don't think a lot of the things that we do yeah. think and say are right. No, um, but um, otherwise it would be called 
<laughs> really the smug feminist. <laughs> um, Jessica Foster, you've got anything to plug? Yes, I'm going on tour in 2024. It begins in February and it goes on to the summer and the show is called Metal and please may you come. Excellent. Are you bringing it to South Theatre? It's my biggest tour yet. I've, I've read about that. Um, are you coming? Are you bringing it to South Theatre? Yeah, plug it. <laughs> is that how you plug a show? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Bring it to Leicester Square Theatre. Okay, all right. <laughs> Another close by theatre. Okay. You, you sell that out, then that can add some here as well. <laughs> right. Okay, so it will be on in London at an undisclosed. It's come more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, the you we... less bit in it will have jokes by then. <laughs> um, all right. Anybody else got anything to plug that we need to know about? If you want to come watch my show whenever it happens, um, I'll just post about it on Instagram. So just follow me there. Uh, my Instagram's Mary with the gold shoes. I don't wear the gold shoes anymore because they hurt my feet and I'm working on branding next year. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Mary with the gold shoes. Yeah. Mary with Excellent. the gold shoes. All right. Thank big, you so much. Big round of applause for Mary. Thank you. Jess. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Jessica Foster, and our very special guest, Mary O'Connell. The recording engineer was Grundy Lazimbra. Music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Slinsky for The Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel Croft, Regina DCO, Zainab Mohammed, and everyone at Soho Theatre, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Catholic, Gavin. Are you Catholic? You are. <laughs> oh, have he you must ever... be, or he, he's, he just confessed it. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a good point. Have you been to confessional, Gavin? Uh, yes, once. Once. Only oh. once. Got it all out in a wanna. <laughs> Was it to confess that you'd never been to confessional before? Uh, it might have come out first. Yeah. Wow. And you, you weren't, you weren't enamoured with it because you never went back. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Do you remember what you confessed to? Oh, I'm not sure we're allowed, are we? We're not sure we're allowed. I mean, you was probably seven. It was just like oh. coveting sweets or something, I'm wasn't it? I'm getting the energy off Oh, unless... Maybe sorry, unless month. you never went as a child and you went when you were 32 to say you'd killed a man. That's possible. I don't... <laughs> if so, don't tell me because I don't have any kind of clerical, uh, you know... I or... do. <laughs> Get out of jail free card for you. Um, if you tell us, we are going to have to tell the authorities, but they'll probably hear it on the podcast. No. He's Gavin. not telling you. He... No, I don't blame the man. That's, no, don't blame. He's got no responsibility to tell us his many sins. Um, all right. So this is feminist uh, confessional now. So my first one is, I'm a feminist. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like... 
you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on Don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now.